239. I've got my Bible here. You can't see it, can you? Yeah, yeah. I hope you got your physical Bibles. Hashtag Bibles in the comment. Have you got your Bible out? And we're going to read from Genesis 3. Um, I'm going to read, um, I'll start from 8 to the 11, and then I will focus on verse 9 as our foundation. It says, I'm going to read it in the Amplified version. Come on, Team Amplified in the building. Come on. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Verse 10, he said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 11, and he said, being God, who told you that you were naked? And I hid myself. Sorry, reading the wrong one. <laughs> the wrong verse. And have you eaten of the tree? Of which I commanded you that you should not eat. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I know what you gather. These scriptures are loaded and are packed and are just completely beautiful description in my, in my, in my perspective of who God is mm-hmm. as a father. Verse 9 says, Where are you? Let me, get, let me go to a bit of theology for you in a minute. This is the first question God gives God says to humanity where are you and it's very important that you understand that when God asks questions about where are you or so when God asks us questions he's always teaching us principle mm. let me say that again when God asks us questions God is teaching us principle because God knows where you are was to teach you about do you know where you are uh, and he asks this question and and for me it's beautiful because it shows us that our walk with God is personal God is God takes it personal about our walk with him it's not some he's not a god up there trying to say here's the rules here's the ten commandments remember like at this point there is no ten commandments he ain't here saying this, that, Lord, this, that, do that, and I'll accept you. No, no, no. God is used to being in fellowship with Adam. And something happened, and God's first question is, where are you? Uh, uh, where are you speaks of the, the, the tenderness of God, because that is a use, to, that, that words, where are you, is, is language of intimacy. That when we sin, when we're out of union with God, separated from God, his response is, where are you? This is affectionate language because God knows where you are, but he still seeks to express his concerns to you about where you are. He knows, but he's still expressing it, you know, like... I know something's wrong with my wife, but me saying, babe, what's wrong is expressing affection. I care. Baby, what's wrong? I might even know, but I'm giving her space, room, 
I want to really echo this because whatever you've been doing, because Adam has just sinned, done a madness. And God's question is, where are you? Not I hate you. Not frustrated with you. Not are oh, you an idiot. Not this. He's just asking, where are you? And I want us to just let that question sink down to you. Where are you? Are you present with God? Because Adam sinned. But God, like I said two weeks ago, was still faithful to meet him at the place of fellowship. And Adam was nowhere to be found. Because Adam had received a new teacher called sin that taught him that now that you've sinned, God wants nothing to do with you. And that's not what we see in the Bible, because the whole Bible was about a God coming down from heaven on earth to redeem a man who walked away from him. So where are you? Where are you? It's, this, this is a beautiful question because for Adam to still hear that and be in sin shows us that God was still near to him even in his broken state. Think about it. He's just sinned. He can still hear God. God's still looking for him. The only reason he can hear God is because God is looking for you even in that state of, of being a sinner. I did not come for the righteous, but I came to bring sinners to repentance. And even then, when God was questioning Adam, he was teaching Adam the art of repentance. Why do I say that? Because repentance, I know we like to use the, the, the theology of it being, you know, you know, turn away from sin, but in, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, it's much deeper. It's about changing your way of thinking. And what happens when you sin is that sin seeks to renew your, your psyche, your mindset, your perspective. It gives you a new lens, should I say, on how to see God. And Adam, Adam was riddled with fear, and fear said, you've got to leave here because he's about to punish you. But we know that God is love. And there is no fear in God. And perfect love casts out all fear. And if Adam had been acquainted with the truth of God being loved, maybe his response to when he sinned would have been to run to God and not from God. Mm. Just maybe. I'm throwing these questions out there. Where are you? We've seen the tenderness, affection of God. The personality of God. The heart of God. Or when we sin, is that it separates us. Think about it. Let's just make it even more ABC. This, God created man in his own image and likeness. And his desire was to fellowship with man in the garden. And for the first time ever, God is himself is experiencing separation from his creation. Mm -hmm. In whom he dearly loves. Mm -hmm. 
That's how I live the Bible now, people of God. Let's think about it from God's perspective. You say the time God loves you, God still loves the world. Okay. So in this instant here, where can we find that? We find that in that he was asking and searching, even when we left him. I want to echo this strong because this, this is the foundation of everything. And how you respond to God. And, I, and I'm echoing on sin because obviously we live in a, in a fallen world. We're fallen people. And is there anything that is hampering the work of God? I'm sure most of you guys will say sin. If we're going to be real about it. And I want to show you God's attitude towards sin. The Bible said that he became it. That we might become the righteousness of God. The Bible said that he took our place. That we won't have to suffer the consequences of it. And so we're seeing the gospel here had a, an agenda for Jesus Christ. And it was to restore broken fellowship. Broken fellowship. Hmm. Let's, let's just read verse 8 again. Let's read verse 8 again. Hmm. Hallelujah. It, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Let's read it slowly. Where are these guys based? They're based in a garden. Jesus talks about vine and branches, vine being trees and we are the branches. And we're already seeing a picture of what God was desiring back then through the word of Jesus, you know, further down along the line, about what he desires from us. Union. Oneness. Abide. God was walking about in the garden in the cool of the day letting us know that there was a time and then a location for where God met with man and we know that God even now and us where we are now God's a timeless God you know what I'm saying and he's a God that is everywhere so we have a garden of Eden that's not necessarily a location somewhere in Africa but somewhere now in our hearts and our spirits with God's Christ right now. Mm. And God is walking. No, no, no. Revelation says God is, is even knocking at our doors of our hearts. And he says, if anybody opens, mm. I will come and dine with him. Look at the picture he's describing to you, beloved. Most of us think when God comes knocking on our door, it's time for us to give up all of this. Do is that following Jesus is it's like the most, you know, <laughs> I have no more. Like, he said, I'm coming to dine with you. Mm. I've laid a table out. We're going to feast. He's describing what it means for me to be at home in your heart, in your garden. (laughs) 
is all about union. I in you, you in me, abide in me. This is what walking with God looks like. He gives us these imageries of trees and branches and all these, because he wants us to, to see what is actually happening when we walk with him. And I, and I take it seriously to see God would purposefully put Adam in a garden and not in a city. And, and for me, it, 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 I look at the synergy of it, the symbolism of it, and I think, you know what? God, God wanted to show us how personal he was. Because let's look at the makeup of a garden. Song of Solomon 4.12 says, A garden locked up is my sister, my bride, a fountain sealed up. So I could actually call you a garden that God tends to, based on this scripture. This scripture in Solomon is about Solomon, about Solomon and his, um, what do you call her, his bride. But it's also a picture of us being a bride of Christ and Christ being of the bridegroom. And God sees us as a garden locked up, a fountain sealed. It speaks of, you, you belong to me, nobody else, yeah? Uh, and when I see the, the, the use of the word garden, I think of the of the gardener. Mm. The gardener, he, he, even though nowadays they may use machines on bigger fields, but true gardeners use their hands. Mm. They get down in the dirt. They sow the seeds. They prepare the soil. They watch over the plants, see it blossom and grow. They trim, they prune. So we're seeing a God who's hands-on with us. We're seeing a God, even more so, very touchy regarding our transformation and our growth. Even more so, dare I say, our transformation and growth is on him. Because a gardener sows the seed. The gardener waters the ground. The gardener trims the day. So what we want to see us becoming, God, is not on our own strength, beloved. We say the time is by his spirit, and it really is. But it does require your cooperation it does require your response God initiates the work of transforming us and molding us our role cooperate I don't lean on your own understanding distrust me acknowledge me if I say don't touch that, don't touch it. You know, sometimes get to a place in your walk with God where you don't have to ask him why. Get to a place in God where you don't have to ask him why. Trust him. Trust him. He's God. Alpha, Omega. He's already seen the end from the beginning. Let that mindset allow you to trust him. Yield. Obey. You know when I hear that word yield, in my mind I see myself having to let go of what I want to do and what 
I think and how I say it should go and I'm not having to choose another way because worship is a choice and in the garden Eve chose to listen to another voice and that voice seated in her doubt that caused her to do the wrong thing uh, and we need to look at this really powerfully because you will always worship something beloved by default you were created to worship and the question is choose him this day whom you will worship are you going to choose to listen to God or to yourself are you going to weaponize your position and your ability to choose I'm not recognized that even though the Bible says choose life choose death God cautions you to choose life so essentially I'm a fair God that won't make you do what you need to do, but I will surely tell you what you need to do. Mm. Meaning that though, I'm, though you have options, you don't really have an option. You have one option. Mm. If you want life, that is. I hope you guys are following me here. Mm. You are a garden sealed up, locked up. When you got saved, ownership was granted to Jesus. The Bible says that you were bought with a price. Mm. Not with perishable goods, goods with like gold and silver, but with the precious blood of the Lamb. You are not your own. Mm. And, and how, how beautiful is it to be owned by the one who runs the universe? Sometimes when we hear that you're not your own, we, we, the only reason you would feel threatened by that is because you have a carnal understanding of ownership. Mm. A spiritual understanding of ownership, being owned by God, you now step into the realm of what it means to be free because Jesus bought your freedom, by the way. You understand what it means to be loved because God has always loved you. Everlasting. You know what it means to walk in joy and to have peace because these things he freely gives to you. Own... Being bound to God is the freest thing you can ever be. And you have to believe that. You can hear me say it and it can be deep, but you have to believe that life with God is not bondage. Life with God is not what's next that I've got. Life with God is not, it's not, it's not, it's not a life of frustration, beloved. The fruit of the Spirit, my goodness, love, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, temperaments. Did you hear strife there? Did you hear anger? Did you hear frustration? There is a fruit. Once again, we're seeing that imagery of, of, of trees and fruit and branching once again. There's something that flows out of your union with God that will produce characteristics in your life. And if you're not seeing these fruit of the spirit in your life, check your union. Where are you? What are you heeding to? Let's read verse 11. Hmm. 
Hallelujah. It says, who told you? Who? Who? Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you that you should not eat? Who told you? Who told you? Who told you? Even when they responded to God about where they was and what they did, his first response to that was, who told you? Who told you? Who? 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 Who told you? Who told you? Who? Meaning, every single thing you think about God and you think about yourself is framed by another voice. This voice here was the voice of Satan. Every sin will start with a conversation. He started off from, who told you? Then he went into, did you eat from the tree I command you not to? So we're seeing a relationship here. Before he addressed the action, he addressed the voice. Take heed to how you hear, beloved, Jesus warned us. That's good. I'm telling you from now, what you are doing with your hands is just a reflection of what you feast on with your ears. Wow. Wow. Faith cometh by hearing. Who are you listening to? Are they increasing your faith? Or are they increasing fear? Disobedience. Are they weaponizing your power of choice to worship yourself or to worship God? That's what obedience is. Are you guys hearing me here today? This thing here is powerful. Did God really say? Did God really say? God and if you listen long enough you, you allow these words to sit down into your heart and Satan is, a, is a, he's a master planter you know he, 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 he operates in the realm of sowing seeds he's a patient man I'm going to tell you that he's, he's run out of time but he's very patient at the same time he knows that if I can just sow a seed of doubt now in these early stages of your walk when it comes to the big thing that seed of doubt becomes a tree and when God requires you to jump at that mountain top, that doubt of, but did God really say? You need to understand the realm of sowing and reaping here, beloved. Sea time and harvest. Yeah. I've been echoing this prepared process and prosper all year long because the reality is whatever we're doing with 2021 will find its fruit five years from now, mm. two years from now, two weeks from now. So don't feel like, let me, let me get even home, don't feel like Tuesday and Thursday is a waste of time. You're sowing things for your future when you come to pray. Mm. Don't feel that what you do consistently, they're not yet seeing fruits of, yeah, it's not benefit. You're sowing into your future. The Bible says if you continue in well doing and think not, there is a time, a due time of harvest. The Bible even says that whatever you sow, you will reap. 
so to the flesh destruction so to the spirit life so life right now even right now is definitely an evidence of what was being sown previously from now and the life you want to see that's different the walk of God you want to see different boils down to the choice that you make today with the question where are you and what you will do with your answer because I love the fact that God answers this question because he answers this, this question for us to identify and to, to do something about what he is asking responding to God is not just saying something it's actually changing the way you think you live Repentance. Who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you that. Who told you you were nothing? I didn't. Who told you that you were? Sh- who told you? Who told? Who told you all those lies that you believe about yourself? You see, the the the, 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 the thing about you know faith and how we see ourselves and what we say. You know, you are a product, beloved, of your belief system. And, and your belief system was curated by the experiences you'd lived through your life. You know, psychology talks about the foundational years from zero to eight being the years where, you know, are, are your formative stages. And a, a lot of us have our belief systems rooted in those first eight years about ourselves. Yeah. Adult life is just either trying to relearn that, or unlearn that. <laughs> you know, you know. God bless therapy and counselling. Hallelujah. You know, we, the more we go deep into it, you see that a lot of things are just foundational in our childhood. And I'm echoing this because when you got saved, you became a new creation. You became a babe in Christ. And, and the warfare is real because you can be 20 years old getting saved, and you have 20 years of history in Adam. And only a few days of history with Christ. And you're warring with this new creation reality that old things are passed away. Even though these are things that are very real and vivid in your life. In your memory box, should I even say. And you're having to battle with this belief that all things have and are becoming new. Um, but you've got to choose this day what you're going to choose to sow to. This is why God says meditate day and night. He, he has to say day and night because he understands that he's coming to Ayo at 17 years old and he needs Ayo to unlearn his old rugged ways and that doesn't just happen in an encounter alone. It happens by him sowing to the spirit from his day of salvation that now wars against that of the flesh and it's a continual progress even to this day mm-hmm. at 32. Beloved, I need you to not despise the day of small beginnings. Beloved, I need you to accustom yourself to falling down. Beloved, I need you to understand that you have the grace, the faith to get back up again. God is in the business of transforming. God is in the business of processing. You see, one of the traits of a gardener is that he's patient. God is patient with you. Some of you don't believe that. I know some of you take two, three weeks a month to repent. Some of us, yes. We feel that we've got to have some time away before we can come back. It's a lie from the enemy. And he knows what he's doing because he knows that every day you spend away is a day closer from you staying away. 
Hebrews 3 talks about exhort one another daily that you do not become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Beloved, it's deception to think that you can have time out with God and set a time to come back. My friend, say to me, use your time away to make sure you do not come back. Run to him, is what I'm saying right now. God is patient. Do you not know there were, there were mocking believers about, you're not saying Jesus is going to come back. Where is he? Where is he? James had to be like, Peter had to be like, look fam, the Lord is not slack concerning his point, but he's patient. That every man would repent. The time is now, beloved. The day of salvation is today. You've been saved for five years. Guess what? You're being saved even today. Yeah. You've been saved two months. You're being saved even right now. God is in the business of sanctification. And this sanctification has happened even right now where he is trying to reprogram your mind to how you see him. It's going to produce a harvest of the righteousness that you so seek to see in your life. It starts first with what you believe. It starts first from what voice will you choose to hear. It starts with what will you do with what you've now heard. Because there's a deception that comes from the voice that seeks to come against the truth of God. But there's a deception that we operate when we hear God's voice and we choose not to do it. James says we deceive ourselves when we hear what I was saying today and we do not think about it. Can a man look in the mirror and then forget what he looks like? Look at the imagery there. You know what's powerful about that imagery there? He's telling us already that you are what I've already spoken to you. When you look into the mirror, when I'm speaking the word of God to you right now, this is what God sees about you. But you not believing is, is you forgetting who you are in God. That's how God sees it. I've just told you something that you already are. But you choose to do the opposite. He mirrors that with forgetting. But we all know that it's impossible to forget what you look like when you look in the mirror. Yet, look at us today. This is why God can't be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. Are we going to sow deception by hearing and not doing? Or are we going to sow life by hearing and coming in agreement with the word of God? I hope you guys are hearing me today. Hmm. Hallelujah. Where are you where are you the tenderness of God calling us back to a place of fellowship the voice of God speaking to us even in our state of sin the 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 the, the, the intimacy of a sea of God that even though we've hid ourselves in fear still faithful to come in to meet at a place of fellowship in us. I want to echo this strong because when you come back at the protocol, you have a mindset that, you know what, let me just work with the pigs, dad, and let me just work with the carnal, I'm not deserving to be back in the palace. Beloved, <laughs> he has some new garments for you. Once again, beloved, he has a table, a feast for you. 
Mm. Yeah, we need to start looking. Cause look, look, once again, when he gives us the ordinances of communion, he does it over food and drink. Your relationship with God is like dinner, beloved. And, you, and, and the reason we know us get that is because in Jewish culture, they took eating seriously. It was a covenant thing. When you welcome someone into your house and not feeding them was a, was, 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 was a, was a first-class offence. That's why that parable about the prayer is very crucial because the, every Jew should open their door. Every Jew should open a door and must have food for you. So have that understanding now when God comes to meet with you. He wants to dine with you. God is in the business of covenant. And when we're in covenant and we have the beautiful imagery of marriage, we're bound to become that's why God hates divorce. You know why he hates it? He was the first to experience it. We left him. Israel forsook God. That's how we, the Gentiles, got grafted in. He knows what it means to be divorced. I want to personalize this thing because where are you is personalized intimate affection language god wants to be with you god died and rose again to have unbroken fellowship with you today and every day into eternity you need to deep this god doesn't live in angels but he lives in man you need to deep this Angels can't sing songs of redemption. Only man. You need to think this. God didn't become an angel. He became a man. That we might become the sons of God. God says we're seated in heavenly I don't see angels seated in heavenly In fact, angels are sent to serve the ministers, the flames of fires. Angels are like winds. Hmm. Uh, messengers but he calls us sons and daughters one is a servant sent out one is someone that has uh, it has has Bible that we share in divine inheritance of Christ what business do we have sharing Christ's inheritance the business of the father and of his sons me and you Beloved, today I want you to hear the voice of the Lord loud and clear. Where are you? Where are you? I've come to fellowship with you. They hear the sound of God walking in the garden. In the cool of the day. And the lie of sin is that you should run away. But the truth of the blood of the Lamb is that you should run to Him. Come.
boldly to the throne of grace that you may have and obtain mercy and grace in your time of need. Hmm. 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 So I really want to do an auto call today for to us to rededicate our walk with God. Hmm. I, I want us to ask God to grant me a new perspective or a new perception of who you are. Uh, I want us to ask God for a new understanding of who he is and how he feels about me. I'm essentially saying today you need a new theology, a new study of God. The one who comes looking for his beloved. The one who calls you a garden sealed up and locked up. The one who came searching when we went running. That's the God that I want you to understand today. The one who says, abide in me, Aya. Abide in me in New Thing London, and I in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can a vine, can a branch bear fruit of its own? It must stay connected. As I have loved Christ, so as I have loved you. Abide in my love. You need to understand all that you need has been provided. The only reason why you do not know it is because you're yet to be yielded, submitted, submerged, united with the reality of it. And God has chosen the way of fellowship to bring about an actualization and manifestation of what he has given and how he feels about you. The love of God remains the same whether you feel it or not. And I want to quicken some hearts today to believe God. To, to, for you to even say with your mouth that God loves me, even there right now. That Jesus is for me, my goodness. That nothing can separate me, my goodness, from the love of God. You, you know, sometimes you've got to be like David. And you just got to speak what you know God has said over yourself. Sometimes you just got to recall back to mind and, 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 and increase your hope. That the steadfastness of the Lord never ceases. That his mercies will never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, to me. God is faithful to you, beloved. Today is a new day. A day where mercies are given afresh. I, I need you to step into the newness of today. If you need to repent, let's repent today. And, and let our repentance not just be, I'm sorry for sin. Let your repentance be that you understand and you choose to believe that God is for you. And that I can run to him today and he will not reject me. But he will accept me. He will put new garments on me. He will baptize me, drench me, dunk me in the river and the ocean of his blood and I will come out as white as snow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I honor you. I bless you and I worship you in spirit and in truth. 
would the ocean of the love of God flood this house like never before. May we come into an understanding, into a knowledge of the love of God and of the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit and of the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May this truth envelope us. May this truth become a reality in our present day. May this truth begin to rewire us, reframe us. May it bring us into the transformation that comes from the renewing of our mind. Today, when you ask, where are you? Today, like the patriots of old, we say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. And I'm here to worship. <coughs> I'm here to bow down. I'm here to yield. I'm here to obey. I'm here to drink deep of the ocean of your love for me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you are blessed, let's throw some love hearts in the comments. Lord God, the love of God, the love of God. I hope you were blessed today. hope you were encouraged today. Pray these prayers for the week. As you guys will know, watch this again in the week. Come on, day and night, night and day. Remind yourself of the tenderness love of God that is coming after you every day of your life. Mm -hmm. My name is I and I thank you for being with me today. And I'll see you guys again next week at our anniversary. Woo! Woo! It's going to be fire, baby. And catch you there. Blessings. Bye-bye.